give. Praise the Lord. Well, how many of you know that it's Super Bowl Sunday? Yes, and I know some of you are excited about those who are playing, and some of you may not be excited about those who are playing, but I'm excited <laughs> about the Patriots who are playing. Now, I know. Did you say Dolphins? Oh, oh, Hawks. I thought he said Dolphins. I was going to say Dolphins are not even in the Super Bowl. You know, oh, just say Seahawks, though. Okay, and that's okay. I do like a few players on the Seahawks, but you know, it, and what's going to simply happen at the end of the day, I want you guys, when you see me next week, if Wednesday, come on to church, I want to encourage you then. But, uh, but definitely, if I don't see you Wednesday, you can come on out Sunday, and I encourage you because you're going to need encouragement. You see what I'm saying after the game. So I'm just trying to encourage you right now. Can you say me that? <laughs> well, that's okay. I know. I've got something for that. I got something for that. Let me go ahead and, and do this here. All right. Betty, can you throw me that ball, please? We got something for that. All right. So, so, but listen, but listen. Now, this is the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I do like the Cowboys, in that, and I really was hoping that it was going to be a Dallas Cowboys, New England Patriots Super Bowl. But, you know, I think kind of like, you know, what, what goes around comes around because you understand what happened when that wonderful catch that they said was not a catch. You understand what I'm saying? Cowboy fans, I'm trying to help you. I know it's kind of hard for you to, to even deal with that today. Maybe you've had, you know, sleepless nights. However, okay, I'm trying to help you. I believe it was a catch. There you go. It was a rule. However, can you turn the lights on for me? Okay, because I want to throw this ball to some of you. I want to make sure you catch it. Okay, anyways, <laughs> I want you to hit anybody, but, but, but we're gonna, we're gonna, I, need you, I need you to help me with our, with our illustration as we go forward. But let me just say this. It's going to be a good time. Who's actually getting together for the Super Bowl? All right. Okay, you guys, all right. So, who's, uh, so whose house do we need to come to? <laughs> Hang out. All right. Well, listen, we're going to have a good time. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about today really becoming a champion. What does it take to become a champion? Not only naturally, not only, you know, in sports, but a champion for Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for this opportunity we have this morning to simply come before you, and we honor you. We thank you that there's none likened unto you in all the earth. We thank you, Father God, that you are faithful, that is promised, and we believe as the word of God goes forth, our lives will be changed, our lives will be touched and ministered unto. Speak to us. Holy Spirit, we thank you for leading and guiding us today. We give you all the glory, the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. So what is the heart of a champion? In fact, what is a champion? What is a champion? Webster says that a champion is simply this, a person who fights or defends any person or cause, a warrior, a winner, a title holder, a victor, and a champ. You know, there's champions of the Bible. And let me just share a few of them with you. Abraham is a champion of faith. You think about Abraham, known as the father of the faithful. Not only that, Moses, champion of service, and how he just served, being humble and meek, known as the deliverer to bring redemption to his people. How about Esther, champion of intercession? And what I mean by that is that she interceded on behalf of the Jewish people. I love that. And then I think about David, champion of praise and worship. 
Think about the Psalms that we have. But known as a giant slayer, a man after God's own heart. And then I also think about Joshua. Joshua is a champion of commitment. Was he not committed? Sure. A champion of commitment known as the leader of the Israelites. Deborah. How many remember Deborah? Deborah, a champion, which we could say, of righteous judgment. That she stood judging righteously, known for her words of wisdom and encouragement. Daniel is a champion of having an excellent spirit, interpreting dreams. Interpreting dreams for, from his youth, he determined to learn more from God. How about this, the woman with the issue of blood? You know what? She is a champion of persistency. She did not give up. She did not quit. It's a champion. And when I think about Jesus, he is the champion of all champions. Our, listen, he is our Savior, our Lord, and our soon and coming King. Is he not? So what does it take to be a champion for Christ? I need your help. I need your help. I'm going to throw you this football, and I want you to tell me, before you throw it back to me, okay, give me some characteristics of a champion, of a champion. All right? Who can I throw this to first? You've got to catch it, though. All right? I'm going to throw the mic first. Can I throw the mic? That's why I'm throwing it to him. Mike. Can you catch it? Throw it back to me. Here we go. One hand. Look at that one hand right here. Okay, here you go. Squeeze it. There it is right there. Okay. It's a little deflated. It's, it's a little deflated. But that's okay. Now, now, before you throw it back, what is the characteristic of a champion? Give me something that a champion has to have. What do you think? Go ahead. Okay, a believer. Oh, I like that. Okay. Look at that. A believer. Okay. Tristan, come on out there. Throw it to you. Now, you got to throw it. Before you throw it back to me, right, you got to tell me. I'm not going to hit you. You can stand up, stand up. Miss Cindy's like, oh, I'm not going to hit you, okay? But when, I, when you throw it back to me and I move over here, then you throw it back to me and tell me. You ready? Okay, here we go. Look at that. Oh, man. Did I hit you? Throw it back. I know. You ready? You ready? It's all right, one more time. I don't, I don't want to hit the fan, but I, I'll just come close to the fan. Throw it back. Whoa. Did y'all see that? That's because... Deflated. Okay. <laughs> Woo! Okay, before you throw it back now, give me, give me a characteristic of a champion. Okay, a champion is organized. Okay, who else? Help me out. Miss Cindy? How about if I just toss it to you? It's kind of like, you know, doing a lateral. Is that okay? All right, here you go, Miss Cindy. Whoa! Come on, give her a big hand, Miss Cindy. Caught the ball. Okay. Miss Cindy, give me a characteristic of a champion. Persistent. Look at that. Oh, wow. Thank you. Who else? Oh, okay. Miss Linda. I would throw it behind my back, but I don't want to hit Miss Betty. No. Oh. <laughs> what? Okay, here we go. Here we go. All right. Wonderful. Okay. I would say focus because your eyes set and not look either way. A champion is focused. I set. Look at that and got it back to me. Okay. Who else? Who else can I throw it to? Okay. Nick? All right. I'm throw it to you, and then you tell me. He'll catch it. Okay. Here you go, Nick. Okay. Go and encourage. Okay. All right. Good, good. Okay. We'll throw it to your brother right behind you. Okay. There you go. See, I made it soft for you so you can catch it. Yeah. Where are you going? Where are you going, Miss Beverly? <laughs> okay. 
Okay. All right. So give me a, give me a characteristic of, of a champion. Heart. Oh, I like that. Heart. Okay. That's good. How about somebody in the back over there? Tristan, I already got you. Okay. All right. In that corner. In the corner. Here we go. Nice. Okay. Integrity. Oh, that's okay. We got to try that again. Can someone help us out? That's okay. We got to make the connection. No, let me, send, let me throw it to him. Don't give it to him. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Got some other? Yes. Okay. I will. I'll throw it. Ready? It's nice and, oh, there you go. Woo, come on. Isn't that great? All right, give me some. But you know what? She might hurt you. Boom. She might hurt you, man. Come on. Okay. Oh, I like that. Y'all hear that? Go ahead and throw it. Oh, go ahead. Put that. Mm, go ahead. Boom. Oh, okay. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, someone else. I got you, T. We got you already. You did great. Anyone else? One more person. Okay, thank you. All right, come on out there. Yeah. Wonderful. Right there. Champion. Are you ready? Right there. Don't come up closer. Okay? Okay, you got to catch it, though. You're going to catch it? You sure? You want me to come closer? Oh. Okay. Okay. What does a champion have to have? Characteristics of a champion. Okay, loyalty. Mom helped you out. Whoa. You did throw that hard. Oh, my gosh. I mean, fumbled the ball. Kind of like what's going to happen. I dropped it. Kind of like what's going to happen to the Seahawks today. Okay. Who? Oh, you got your hand up? Oh. I thought you like this here, like all casual, like all casual, like. Uh, come on, okay. And it'll be, it'll be nice. It'll be nice. What? See, is she talking? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Nice and nice and easy. Whoa! Come on, somebody. Thank you. Okay, give me. Okay, give. All right. Confidence. Look at that. Confidence. All right, good. You know, everybody did a great job. And I want to thank you so much for, for sharing those things. Turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 24 through 27. Chapter 9, 24 through 27. Actually, this football was autographed. How many remember Chad Henningway from the Cowboys? Y'all know Chad? Remember Chad? Tight end? Well, that's okay. Sorry. How many know Tom Brady? How many, how many know... Um, Never mind. <laughs> Who's that? Revis, the island. Okay, here we go. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27, New Living Translation. Here's what it says. It says, don't, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will, listen, Fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. Verse 26, so I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing, verse 27 says, 
I discipline my body like an athlete, training to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Notice what it says in the message. I love it. It says this. You've all been in the stadium and seen athletes race. Everyone runs. One wins. Run to win. All champions, good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You're after one that gold, listen, that's gold eternally. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. I'm staying alert and top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everyone else all about it, and then missing it myself. When you think about a champion, you know what a champion does? A champion cheats on their fears. A champion breaks up with their doubts. A champion is engaged to their faith, and a champion marries dreams. That's what a champion does. A champion. So we have to, as some of the words you've said, man, we must have a passion to pursue, to pursue, to work hard. Champions are passionate. Would you not agree with that? They're passionate in what they do. They love it, and they love what they do, and they do it, everything that's in them. Turn in your Bibles to Psalms 27.4. Psalms 27.4, and we're talking about passion and pursuing and having a pursuit of passion. And I think about David. And David said one thing here that, that I believe that transcends, that can minister to all of us. And you see here when it says that David in Psalms 27, 4, because I, I want to encourage you that you as a champion, you must dare to desire. Do you have desires? Do you want to, you know, a champion thinks about as soon as the season begins, man, we're going to be in the Super Bowl. Or we're going to play in March Madness for the championship. Whatever sport that we're talking about, a champion already knows and they're prepared themselves to go forward for the national championship. But it says here that David said, one thing I desire and that will I seek after. Just one thing. And that was simply that he would know, that he would come to know the Lord and that he, he would, his heart would pursue God. But he had, notice, a desire and a purpose to do that. Say desire. So the proof of your desire, guess what, is in your pursuit. I can say all day long that I have a desire. I have a desire to do this. I have a desire to do that. But if I'm not pursuing that desire, then it appears that all I'm doing is talking and I'm not doing anything with that, that desire that's in my heart. I must pursue it. Desire has pursuit. I will say this if you go on and look at verse 5 and, and right, right where you are, understand this, that David, he stayed dedicated say dedicated you notice when he stayed dedicated because i will tell you this when you're playing any kind of sport as you're going to see today that they didn't get to the super bowl both of these teams earned the right to be there but they didn't get there today just by showing up they got there today just like all the other teams they started out everybody had this idea everybody had this notion everybody had this determination but only two made it out of all the teams there's something that they did and when both of them, listen, and when both of them started out, it didn't even look good for either one of them. If you go back and look, because they lost games. And they, they, were thought, they thought, oh, they're done. Seattle's done. They're not going to make it back to the Super Bowl. And then, oh, my goodness, when the Patriots lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, they wrote them off, even in their own hometown. They was like, hey, you ought to trade Brady. He's done, see? But it wasn't over. They didn't quit. They did everything that they're supposed to do, and they stayed with it. Say whatever you want. These two teams are playing for the Super Bowl championship, the national championship, the world championship. 
So, let's go on. In order to be a champion for Christ, let me submit this to you, that I believe that you and I must prepare with purpose. Prepare with purpose. We have a purpose. 1 Corinthians 9, 26, we read that. But it says this, a New Living Translation, it says, so I run with purpose in every step. So we must ask ourselves this question. Do I have purpose? The race I'm running, and I'm running for the Lord, do I have purpose in every step? Or am I just aimlessly doing things, aimlessly wanting things to happen? Am I just wishing, or am I I on purpose doing what I believe I'm supposed to be doing, and then in every step I take, purpose is there. Because I'm telling you, when you run, don't just run. Run to win. Run to win. As you're living this life in Christ, the truth of the matter is that you and I are already winners. We're more than conquerors in Christ. But we still have to hold on to our faith. We can't give up. You see, Jesus already conquered our enemy. Whatever enemies that you're facing, Jesus already defeated those enemies. But we have to stand our ground. We have to put on the whole armor of God. We have to gird our loins about with truth, shod our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We have to put on, come on, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. And not only that, we take unto us the shield of faith to quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. But then we have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And we use it skillfully. We use the word. So we have to stand our ground and fight and believe. I believe that champions, as you said, man, they're prepared, but there's diligence. They have to be diligent. Do you know I love this truth and I love this fact that it's that the focus or their concentration. Athletes call it this, man, I'm in the zone. Have you ever heard that before or you ever said that before? You're watching someone play baseball, a pitcher who throws the ball, and he's throwing nothing but strikes. People say, man, he's in the zone. Or how about, you know, a quarterback? I mean, he's just having a terrific rating that day. I mean, no interceptions, throwing touchdowns. People will say, man, he's in the zone. When someone is in the zone, the thing I love about it is this, that when they're in the zone, then they're oblivious to anything that distracts them. It doesn't matter what's around them because they're in the zone. So are we in the zone? We need to be in the zone. And therefore, anything around us, we're not going to allow it to distract us. No matter what people say, no matter what comes our way, we are in the zone. Say in the zone. And so when your enemies or people come that want to talk about you, you say, I'm in the zone, baby. I'm in the zone. That's all you've got to tell them. Because circumstances don't matter. Situations don't matter. Attacks don't matter. Regardless, we are in the zone. And we're staying focused on Christ. We're in the zone. Philippians 3. Philippians 3, 13 through 14. Again, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And we'll see here what Paul and how he's encouraging all of us because it goes on to say in verse 13, it says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Here's what he said. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. He presses, but not only that, he forgets the past. Come on, we've got to forget the past. We can't change the past, and we've got to press on towards the future. Do what lies ahead of us, we press. Say press. Hebrews, turn there, chapter 12. We're going to give you the word, continue to give you the word this morning, because these are ingredients we're talking about Becoming a champion for Christ. How do we become a champion for Christ? What does that look like? What are, what are the characteristics of a champion? 
Champions are devoted. But let me share this with you in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2. I'm just going to read part of it so you, can, you understand that you're in a race. How many of you know that you are in a race? You're in a spiritual race this morning. You're in a spiritual race. And, and just like in a natural race, you continue to run. You continue to go. How many of you have ever ran, ran track and field before? Or family members ever ran track and field? You know. And sometimes it's not easy, especially when you get out there early and you've got to run and you do one lap and two laps and three laps and four laps. You're just getting warmed up. And then you're getting ready for the meet. And you've got to warm up. You've got to do all these different things. And if you jumped, if you did the long jump, the triple jump, or any kind of event, if you just ran the sprints, you know, relays and all that, man, you had to constantly run. You ran a race. You had to be in shape. How are we to be in shape spiritually then? If we're running a spiritual race, what should we be doing? What does that look like? Somebody help me out. What are some things we can say? Man, if we're in a spiritual race and we're staying in shape, then what should we be doing? Or, or how, what does that look like? Somebody help me with that. We should study the word. So if I'm in a spiritual race, I'm running. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I'm studying the word. Someone else. I'm praying. So I'm studying the word. I'm praying. I'm running. I'm in this spiritual race. Someone, one more. What else should we be doing? Staying focused. So we're staying focused. So we're, we're, we're staying focused. We're praying. What else? Confessing. Wow. So these are things we understand because we're in a spiritual race. It's not time for us to sit down on the sidelines, get in the stands, in the bleachers, and say, hey, y'all keep on running. I'm going to take a break. We can't take a break. Amen. We're running this race. You know, and once the moment that you and I take a break, that's the moment that the enemy comes to try to destroy us. We can't take breaks. God will give you the strength. He'll give you the endurance if we just trust him. Champions are devoted. Can I tell you the difference, difference in a champion and a loser? And that is simply this, that a champion is willing to do what the loser is not willing to do. That's the difference. That's the difference. Devoting your time. I encourage you, spiritually speaking, devote your time to God. Give, it to, give God your talents. Give him your treasure. Give him your life. And don't quit on God because he'll never quit on you. Isaiah 38, 2, listen to this. It says this, and I have walked before you faithfully with wholehearted devotion. And that's what God is requiring of us running our spiritual race, that we will run with wholehearted devotion. Sure, there's going to be things that will come up to try to trip you up. That's life. But what we simply do is we stay devoted. We don't quit. Can you say amen to that? We don't run away from, listen, obstacles. We don't run away from mountains that come our way. We don't run away from when people are trying to discourage us. You know what we do? We speak to that mountain in the name of Jesus and command it to be removed. We don't have to be afraid to face any fears. You understand? Because you and I have not been given the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We don't have to be afraid. When you have devotion, devotion is making a vow, pursuing. Listen, you're purposing, you're pursuing God, but you're purposing in your heart that you'll be a champion. Let me give you a few things about a champion. How many have ever heard this expression before? No pain, no gain. Sure you have. No pain. That's what coaches tell you. Coach, I remember playing in all these different sports and football and basketball and running track. And I remember a story where, where I hear I was, uh, I tell you a story. I'm, I, want, I never really wanted to run the ball because my mentality has and I've always been a cornerback and a safety. And I've always wanted to hit you. I mean, I always wanted to hurt you. 
And you know what I'm saying. Because my goal was not just to hit you and hurt you, but to knock your helmet off. And like, yeah, you know. And that's just how I play. That's just, that was when you strap it up, let's go. That's just the way it was, you see. And so I know that with that mentality, the coach says, man, if he has that same mentality on defense, why don't we give him the ball and let him run the ball? I said, coach, I don't run the ball because my mentality is I want to hurt those who run the ball. So if I have the ball, then guess what? Somebody wants to hurt me. I'm, like, I'm not doing it. And he said, you're going to run the ball. Man, he gave me the ball. I ran through the hole a little bit. He, I got hit. Boom. Laid on the ground like this. This took me one time. The coach came up to me and said, get up, Muncie. Just called me Muncie. Get up, Muncie. What's wrong with you? I just laid on the ground. Get up. Everybody went on down. I just laid on the ground. Then he came. Grabbed by the helmet. Face mask. What are you doing? Coach, I don't want to run the ball. And get up off the ground. That's what he told me. Put me back on defense. Like, yes. Okay. So I know. I'm telling you right now. No. That's how, no pain, no gain. And you have to train through the pain. How about those two-a-days or three-a-days? Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's out in the heat. And I remember, boy, in spring practice, for, for those, of course, with spring and then starting up, you know, for the new year, you're, you're getting together, school is starting, but you're starting up before that. Man, you're throwing up all over the place. Isn't that nice? Especially those who did not do what? Train prior to the first day of practice. Running around the field, trying to find a trash can. Oh, oh man, I love it. That's great. That's exciting. Or how about when you get dehydrated and you need water? Come on. But you got to pay the price. Am I right about it? Come on. But if you do your homework and you exercise during the summer, when you start practice, you pass that trash can. Say, man, I'm not. I'm not throwing up. You know, because you're in shape. You Listen to me. You're in shape. So that's what happens when the enemy tries to come. And, and listen, when he's trying to bring all these things to you, weapons against you, the Bible is very clear that no weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue, lying tongue, come on, that, that actually comes against you or presents itself against you, you have a right as a believer to, to speak to it and condemn it. Come on, in the name of Jesus. You see, because this is your heritage. And you are the righteousness of the Lord. So you have a right to say no. Now, the Bible does not say that the weapon will not be formed. It says it will not prosper. So just because a weapon is formed doesn't mean it's going to prosper. You stand up and say no. You're not going to prosper. But a champion for Christ is willing to go the extra mile. A champion for Christ in the things that we know in God is willing to wait around when you're serving an extra 15 minutes. Come on, somebody. I got a few amens on that. Okay. A champion for Christ is willing to spend an hour longer in prayer. See, a champion for Christ. And Christ is, is, is really wants to read the word and has a desire to read the word. We're talking about being a champion for Christ. When I think about a champion, and the mindset of believers that we would have that same mindset. Because champions, they view failures as temporary inconveniences. That's all. It's just temporary. It's not permanent. And learning experiences. Say so this is this is just a learning experience. It's temporary. That's what a champion, that's how they view things. But listen to this. If a little pain now will bring, listen, a great victory, a champion says, hey, you know what? Then bring it on. 
but I'm not going to give up. I think about Paul. Oh, my goodness. Everything, would you say that Paul was a champion for Christ? Think about what he went through. I mean, he was beaten, left as dead. I mean, stoned. Come on. I mean, think about all things, thrown in jail, all because he's preaching the gospel, champion for Christ. And he said, bring it on. That's not going to stop me from preaching. That's not going to stop me from doing what God has called me to do. That's not going to stop me because he remembered. He has such passion and he has such anger on the inside of him for those that are called the Christians of the day. That were, as they would say, those who are following the way, following Christ. And he wanted to throw them all in jail. And with that same passion, when he met Jesus on the road of Damascus, turned it all around, and he used that same passion, regardless of what's happening in his life, listen, regardless of what people said about him, regardless, listen, of what he was going through, he was going to continue to preach this very truth, that if Jesus can save me, he can save anybody. Amen. That's what Paul was talking about, and I love it. He can save anybody. So be determined. Be determined and have discipline in your life. And let me finish up. By saying simply this, I want to challenge you, let me challenge you, to adopt the heart of a champion. You told me this morning some things, being loyal, being determined, being passionate. These are things that we need to have, to have a heart for Christ as a champion for him. Don't be afraid. Listen, to step out and do what God has called you to do. No, sure, you may make some mistakes, but don't be afraid. Don't be timid. Trust God. He's got your back. He'll see you through. Don't be afraid of missing opportunities because all of a sudden we don't do anything. We're standing back. God sees you as a champion. You see, God's seen David as a champion. Come on. He's seen Gideon as a champion. You see? And, but yet they had to get up and do something. They had to get up and move forward. Don't be afraid because if you are afraid and you don't step out and do what God is calling you to do, you're going to miss opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. You and I are champions for Christ. And if you'll, listen, you'll win if you don't quit. You will win if you don't quit. We've always told our kids when they wanted to play sports, when they wanted to get involved in something, you said, now listen, let's talk about this. Because once you make that commitment, you're not going to quit. That was a standard in our home. You're not going to quit. We would like to say this, you're going to suck it up, you're going to finish it. Plus, we paid for it. Come on, parents. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we're not going to just do it. You are going to stay with it. Because we're not going to teach you. We don't want to teach you that just when times get hard, just when times get a little rough, now all of a sudden, you can just quit, throw in the towel. Oh, no. That's, listen, when times start getting tough and times start getting hard, that's a perfect opportunity. If you'll just stay with it, that you'll win if you don't quit. Let me tell you, winners are made of losers who did not quit. They are. They didn't quit. They, they had battle after battle after battle, but they did not quit. Bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. Let's pray. So I want to challenge you this morning to discover the champion that's in you. There's a champion in every one of us. There's a champion in you, and God has given you the ability. He has given you the grace to run the race. 
that you will be, that the endurance, if you'll just keep your eyes on Christ, if you'll just continue to look to Jesus, you continue to focus on him. I will tell you that the race that you're in, you're not running a race for a ribbon or a medal or a trophy or a prize, but you are running this race for the eternity to make heaven your home. And we must strive to possess it. We must be determined. And I want to speak that over you, that you are determined. But I will tell you that determination is, is and when you think about being a champion, that, that determination is, is like 98% and perspiration and 2% of inspiration. You've got to roll up your sleeves, family. You have to get on your knees and pray. We have to seek God. We just can't run and hide and quit and say, that's enough. No, just win. Times are getting tough. I will tell you that your miracle, that your answer is right around the corner. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't give up. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. We honor you. And we thank you as we go forward today. We, we realize how much you love us and how you see us as a champion, as your champion. And that you've equipped us with everything that we need, the necessary means to live our lives for you. You've given us Jesus.